It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report, examine your reality. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And uh, happy holidays to everybody. It is the biggest Christmas week ever. No, not really. It's just another Christmas <laughs> week. But, um, <laughs> but I am in the Christmas in the in the you know in the Christmas spirit, as you can tell, Jeremy. You know, oh yeah. I got the hat on. I got the better hat than yours. Um, you know, the better being even yours, really. Keep dreaming, baby. <laughs> Please. Then again, next year might actually that might actually be the case. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? I don't even want to get into that with you right now. We every time I talk with you about what's going to happen next year with UCLA, I start I start having stomach issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the same boat we were, man. You're stuck with a coach who can't win and doesn't seem to have any idea what he's doing. So uh, good luck with that. God, now you could go ahead and definitely be all like, nee, 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 nee. well, hey, I lived through it, man. I had to live through six years of Clay Helton. So, you know, uh, enjoy. Hopefully UCLA will figure it out and get rid of him soon. But, so well, you... hopefully for you. I, I'm rooting for them to keep right. Sign him to a long-term contract. Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Well, I mean, you know, hopefully hopefully that won't be the case. But, um, yeah, you, you, you it, in a sense, I think you actually feel my pain. Like, are you actually being sympathetic towards UCLA fans? No, 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 no. I'm being sympathetic towards you slightly. Okay. Okay. I'm still laughing my butt off, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do have a, a bit of um, knowledge of where that pain is coming from. So I feel a little sorry for you guys. Much I'll, like how I was last year with you. <laughs> so, I mean, I was in the same boat. But yeah, it sucks. Anyways, I digress. Uh, welcome, everybody, to a wonderful episode. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff to chat with you about. But as it would have it, uh, well, first of all, I would like to go ahead and say hello to everybody watching us on Facebook right now on uh, Jeremy's Facebook uh, page. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and remember, we do have, there is a link on the description of this uh, live video where it leads you to the YouTube channel. Please click on that, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so that way you know every time we come on live and you can watch our episodes. I mean, I, you know, I, I would love for everybody to move over. I'm just doing this for Facebook because, well, it's the holidays. Why not? You know, go ahead and just go all out, right? Yeah, exactly. But we won't be doing this very often, and we're certainly not doing it regularly. So if you guys want to keep up with us, uh, please check it out on Facebook. You know, subscribe and uh, hit that. Me bell YouTube. Button. What did I say? Facebook. <laughs> no, we're on we're Facebook. Just, please go to over to YouTube. Away from Facebook. It, we're not going to be here. Not, no offense to Facebook, but no, we're not going to be here very often. So uh, you know, please follow us over to YouTube and and smash that like and subscribe and. All that good stuff, please. Yay. So uh, as we always start uh, the show, I like to go ahead and do a few TikToks uh, to get Jeremy's reaction. I love Jeremy's reaction because they're freaking hilarious. Sometimes he's speechless. Sometimes he's just like cracking up laughing. Uh, this particular one has to do with, um, well, how certain bodybuilders, I guess, uh, deal with dating, I, I, I suppose. So, I mean, not, I'll just go ahead and let it speak for yourself. And and for all I know, Jeremy, maybe you know a few people. I know a few guys are like this, too. So you might agree with uh, what this guy has to say uh, in this video. Let me go ahead and put this in right here. And there we go. Boyfriend can't bench 225. That's not your boyfriend. That's your girlfriend. I can actually bench quite a bit more than 225. But that's never made me the man in any relationship 
Every demonic dwarf I ever dated didn't give a shit about how big and strong my manly muscles were. Those chaotic chihuahuas would get right in my face and call me a big for nothing bitch and tell me I wasn't going to do anything about it. And they were right. But you know what? That's okay. I don't mind being the emotionally abused girlfriend because I get to listen to Katy Perry and lift weights with my boys. <laughs> he almost had it. He lost it at the end, but that was, he almost he almost got through it with a straight face. I swear. Oh my god, I'm crying a little I'm bit. So, I, I am, he's great. That's hysterical. Oh, Lord. Um, I, I do have friends who are who are bodybuilders. I have three yep. friends right now who are on the amateur bodybuilding circuit. Um, so there are a lot of broy douchebags out there who think that they're you know I bitch this that makes me you know all this other stuff. Women don't care. I mean, yeah. they may like the look, but truthfully, when you talk to most women, they're not into giant behemoths. You know, they're really not. I mean, I've most women I've talked to are like, no, that's scary. Seriously, I don't want anything to do with, you know, 300 pounds of, of nothing but muscle and disproportionate and all this other stuff. You know, um, I'm not saying there's not women out there. I mean, you know, the bodybuilders do date. They do have, you know, they do have wives. They do have. But there's a lot of these, you know, it's that bro culture in the lifting community. Um, thankfully, it's not as prevalent and not as rampant. But, uh, yeah, I've known some guys like that. I think the first guy uh, at the very start of it, I mean, if you notice, his hat was like at least three feet away from his head, uh, you know, all lifted up. So I think he was trying to, like, make sure that his Jersey Shore haircut was still intact, <laughs> you know, at that time when he was saying that. So, but, uh, yeah, and the bros. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I got that one. And the next one coming up right here is more of a is more of a is more of a essay, more of a orale vato type of uh, video, but still kind of the same concept. <laughs> I want to check this out. It's pretty actually, it's actually kind of funny. Let me go put this on right there. And there we go. Hey, baby. Hey, where are you? Sh shopping. OK, great. I'll see you later on. OK, no, I love you more. OK, bye. All right, homie, guess what? You can take a number four of my pad, eh? Hell yeah, baby. Don't shake my hand, homie. Move. Damn, S.A. I wouldn't go in there if I was you, S.A. Give that time. Damn, S.A. I can smell it from all the way over here. Hey, homie, did you use some Caprice? What are you doing? Baby, I wasn't expecting you this early. Who are these people? Uh, these are my friends. <laughs> We're just having fun. Did you wash the dishes yet? No. What are you doing? Fool scrub harder. I'm, I'm trying, baby. Those are baby hands. My daughter scrubs harder than that. Fool, she's only seven months. Baby, come on. What do they call you? Casket? More like SpongeBob? No, she's gangster, dog. Yeah, that fool's a wangster, dog. You're so yell at me, you know I'm sensitive. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, baby. Hey, I, was, was, I almost restarted it again by accident. Oh my god. <laughs> like stop yelling at me i'm sensitive yeah <laughs> i think that's applicable to just about anybody there's a lot of real hard guys out there who uh who turn a very different story when they start talking to their ladies so. yeah oh yeah no definitely i've definitely seen that uh joni's on there right now and she's kind of agreeing to that hint hint jeremy hint hint but with me, you get what you get. There's no right. one, or, one or the other. <laughs> but, uh, well, this last video has to do with me, actually. Or should I say my first and last name? I got uh, tagged in this video. I actually got tagged in this video. And when I watched it, I was like, wrong person. <laughs> wrong person. You got to watch this. this is, I saw this and I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, hmm, let me think about this. The first time I told the story, I only had a couple dozen followers, so it did not reach my intended audience, specifically Dave Navarro. So I'm telling it again today in the hopes that it reaches Dave Navarro because he owes me, you sir, owe me $12 in 1995 money, which I have just Googled is $21.78 in today's money, <laughs> and I'm gonna round it up to $22. Back in 1995, 
before Dave Navarro's second career as a reality game show host, he was a brilliant guitarist for Jane's Addiction, which is a phenomenal band. There was a dark turn with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I don't think was anyone's best work, but that's neither here nor there. Also in 1995, Dave Navarro and I believe his cousin were doing movie reviews for a magazine called Bikini. Bikini was an amazing magazine. Musicians and actors would write articles and do interviews with other musicians and actors. It was short-lived, which is unfortunate. In 1995, Dave Navarro's, Dave Navarro's review of Species was feces, which, however, in that same issue, his review of The Usual Suspects was, quote, Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Sose, end quote. At the time that I read it, I thought, the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> and then I paid $5 to get into the movie and then another $7 on refreshments. I probably even went to dinner first, but I'll keep that out of the equation. So I paid $12 in 1995's money. And in 1995, I was 21 years old. I didn't have a lot of money. So 12 bucks was a big deal. I paid $12 to go see this movie and 10 minutes into the movie, fucking Dave. So you, sir, owe me $22. <laughs> Apparently, I owe somebody I've never met in my entire life $22. (laughs) Okay, that's really, really funny. First of all, because it's your name and, you know. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I love her, you know, fucking Dave Navarro. (laughs) Believe me, I say that weekly. So (laughs) you and a lot of you and my dad, too. But no, that's really, really funny. And seriously, what is Dave's problem? I mean, that's like, that's like seriously reviewing, you know, the sixth sense and your, your whole review is, you know, Bruce Willis is dead. I mean, that's, you gotta, you you gotta be a real dick to, to put out a spoiler like that in your review of a film that's still in the theaters. Well, I mean, his name is Dave Navarro. So, <laughs> does it just run in the blood? What is it? Does it I come with it the name? It runs in the name. It runs in the name. What can I say? <laughs> I just, I thought you'd find that hilarious because oh, it's yeah. like every time that she said my name, I was like, uh, I didn't know you in '95. <laughs> I wasn't even old enough to drink in '95. <laughs> that was too dang funny. And seriously, it just opened up a whole bunch of possibilities in my mind. I wonder if there's any like I hate Dave Navarro fan clubs I can join, and you know, that you could join. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just. Do you that's... feel the love? Do you feel? I the feel. Love? I, f- I feel the love. I feel the love. <laughs> Derek's on here. Says. Uh, uh, <laughs> it says, hey, I'm confused. Why are you two on opposite screens? Oh. <laughs> Ended up this way this time. I guess, yeah. We, we we switch out from time to time. You know, we go we go one way or the other. Well, that didn't sound right, actually. <laughs> didn't, I, strike that. I stopped, I stopped my... Yeah, strike that. Reverse it. <laughs> Classic. Anyways... Um, again, I mean, that, that was just, that video threw me off the first time when they tagged me on it, I was like, what the hell is this about? So I looked at it. I started, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I was like, this is freaking awesome. And then I actually messaged, they haven't said anything bad, but I was like, um, same name, wrong person. (laughs) I don't know this person, $22. I owe a lot of people money, but not this person. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's too perfect. Absolutely perfect. 
Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, getting on to uh, some entertainment news. On a serious note, actually, our top story, Billie Eilish went ahead and uh, she was uh, she was interviewed earlier this week saying that um, she got exposed to a lot of uh, adult film content at a very young age, causing her a lot of trauma, a lot of sleepless nights, uh, a lot of nightmares and such things like that, to which uh, former adult film actor Randy Spears, who has been who was in the industry for many years, he also directed a lot of uh, adult films, uh, went ahead and uh, agreed with her claim that uh, that uh, watching violent porn actually did have a really bad negative effect on her. Uh, he, uh, uh, as far as um, according to TMZ.com, it says, quote, the way Randy sees it, pornographic images and movies are way too much for children to understand. And he agrees with Billy that such experiences can have lasting negative effects. Uh, they said they continue on to say, as we reported, Billy says she was just 11 years old when she started watching, quote, violent porn. And she thinks it caused her to have nightmares, sleep paralysis and bedroom troubles when she started having sex as she grew older. Now, I mean, I have to admit that, I mean, exposing children at, at that young of an age could be incredibly confusing and irresponsible. My question is. Who was monitoring her during mm -hmm. this time that she was being exposed to this? I mean, was it like she has an older brother? So, I mean, it, it didn't, didn't really explain. She didn't really explain how she was exposed to it. As, as far as I know, she really didn't. It didn't really. She didn't really explain that. But regardless, whoever was responsible for an 11 year old little girl to be watching violent porn, they need to like. You know they need to be talked to about that. They need to be. They need. To, they need to, somebody needs to say, "Hey, how could you do this as a young girl? You kind of screwed her up for future relationships and mentally." No, that was the that was the main thing I was thinking when I was you know when I was hearing you talk about the story was where were the parents? Where were the people around her that were supposed to be protecting her and looking out for her? Because that is. Violent porn in particular is something that, I mean, porn in general, porn, not, and I'm going to make a distinction here, not a Playboy, not a, you know, a, a pick magazine, because I can tell you on my own experience, I was exposed to that young. It was a normal thing in my house. I lived with my grandmother and my grandfather, who were very lax in a lot of moral gray areas, but my grandfather had his stack of playboys my grandmother had her stack of playgirls it was considered normal Art. it was not a big <laughs> deal it was i was brought up with an appreciation of the human form um I, I think i was maybe nine years old when hustler printed their first picture ever of a chick with a dick pick that they went famous for and my grandfather ran out and bought it and promptly showed the whole family because he couldn't believe wow <laughs> he couldn't believe it you know but again there i was i was raised with that and it i don't know it gave me i was taught it was no big deal nudity was not the biggest you know sin in the world it wasn't horrible it wasn't anything to be ashamed of but that's a big difference than porn or especially violent porn you know, that is something that as um, I think it was you said, Randy um, Spears, Randy Spears. Yeah. Yeah. Like he talked about. I mean, that's something that a, a child's brain cannot process. Correct. You know, and and the truth is violent porn speaks to a very specific fetish and a very specific group of people. Just about anyone else in the world, adult or otherwise, is generally disturbed seeing anything like that and those type of images. So for an 11 year old to be exposed to that is absolutely insane. And it makes perfect sense that it would have, you know, really screwed her up in a lot of ways, sexually, mentally, physically, you know, her ability to have a normal relationship. Um, it's, that's, that's atrocious really. No, it's, it's horrible to, to imagine that. I mean, uh, as a kid, I was, I mean, I, again, like you, I saw, you know, Playboys when I was a kid, you know, when I was like in junior high, that's when I actually saw my first Playboy was in junior high. I mean, you know, that happens with, with kids at that age, you know, you tend to, you know, coincidentally find a Playboy like, ooh, you know, I mean, but realistically speaking, I mean, kids at a ver at an even younger age in elementary school, they're taught in sex ed. 
what sex is, you know, uh, sexual education courses, things like that. Uh, they teach them all the stuff. But again, like you said, violent porn is different from that. I mean, sex ed is one thing. It teaches you about the human body, the human form, the reproductive systems, the organs, everything. It teaches you what happens. You know, Let me interject. Even uh, regular porn is way different than that. I mean, we're talking about, you know, there's there's a distinction between violent porn and regular porn, but it even regular porn is way too much and way too scarring for people, you know, kids of that age. That's true. something they are not going to be able to understand what, a, you know, a real sexual relationship with a partner should be. They're going to have a lot of misconceptions. It can be a very dangerous thing. <laughs> just and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to like Rogue. It just reminds me of that because I love Friends. I love that show. Friends reminds me of that episode where Joey and uh, Chandler uh, bump into the, the the adult film channel and they they don't turn it off because they're afraid it might go away because they're getting it for free. And so when they they finally realize they're like they were like something happened to me when I was at the bank today. Hot bank teller didn't ask me to go into the bank vault and have sex with her. And he's like. <laughs> Same thing happened to me with the female pizza delivery woman. You know, it's like they were expecting this to happen. It's like, yeah, baby. I mean, come on, you know, like nope. it's one of those things where, where it, 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 I guess for certain people, they they believe that that could actually happen in real life, and well, that's I mean, not reality. That's, if you're if you're exposed to that kind of thing again in you know at a very young age you may very well believe that that is a normal Correct. you know process a normal thing that happens or a normal way to show your you know love for someone i mean it's very similar in the same way especially with the violent porn people who suffer sexual and physical abuse at a very young age especially sexual abuse end up with a lot of issues along those lines they don't relate sexually and emotionally to their partners to their loved one True. um you know it's 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 a really really dangerous thing especially for a child would you think would you would you agree that this exposure that she went through would be categorized would be in that category of child abuse oh absolutely if if I mean, it all depends on how it came about i mean i can't i can't imagine an 11 year old searching for violent porn i mean it's I, I don't know what how it came about. We don't know the story. But whoever, if somebody, an older person, an adult, or otherwise exposed her to this, that is absolutely abuse. I, I I'll say it unequivocally. I don't know. I have a feeling that this story is not quite done yet. I mean, there's a lot of holes in this story that need to be filled in. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, and I I'm I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ew, do you behave, do you baby. see what? Do you see what <laughs> Sorry, but anyways, um, I can't help myself. Uh, I mean, there is there are a lot a lot of part of this story where I'm assuming, you know, it's almost like it feels like she's protecting somebody because she doesn't really like say how or who exposed her to porn at 11 years old. She really doesn't like. There hasn't been any news about that about who exposed her. She kind of leaves that very vague. So I'm thinking she's protecting somebody, and if that's the case then it might be somebody in her immediate family she might be protecting. It, chances I'm not going to speculate on that, honestly. It, it could be, a, I mean, a lot of different people. I had many True. different experiences where I maybe went to a friend's house and one of their uncles thought it was cool to throw on porn or something. I mean, there's, you know, and then there's a whole other conversation. Are they grooming the child at that point? Are they, you know, it's 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 a really, really nasty situation. And hopefully, you know, Hopefully she's been able to heal and move on from this to some degree. But, um, you know, I, I would absolutely 100% call it abuse if anybody, you know, older who should have known better, you know, was the one that exposed her to that. Agreed. Absolutely agree. I mean, this, this, is, this is something that, uh, I, I again, I have a feeling it's not over. And I have a feeling that there's more truth that might come out of this. Uh, in time. So we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully, hopefully Billy Eilish is getting help. Uh, mental health for 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 dealing with this type of trauma because this is a trauma. This is an absolutely a trauma. Absolutely, and it's something that uh, that she's had to de deal with ever since she was a child. So hopefully she's getting help for that type of trauma, and hopefully it doesn't affect her future relationships. Which, from what I understand, from what I read, from the interview and everything, it has affected her relationships uh, now. So I wouldn't doubt it. I really wouldn't doubt it. 
Hopefully that changes. In other news, uh, an update actually on that truck driver that got 110 years uh, sentence for 110 years for an accident that cost the lives of four people. Looks like, uh, Jeremy, this is your story. Um, I mean, from what I understand, it seems that there seems to be a, some sort of a petition for clemency. Yes, uh, it actually started soon after uh, we we read that story. And I believe within a few days, there were already over 3 million signatures for clemency for this truck driver. And I believe it's up over 4 million now. Um, I believe you said like 4.3 4 million. So people, please keep writing in because this is an injustice. I am not saying that this man does not deserve to pay a price. Um, again, we don't know all the facts as to whether he had intentionally missed the off-ramp or had a chance to make this a better situation, but 110 years for a mechanical failure that he was unable to foresee or avoid is beyond ridiculous. As I've said, we have people who are out shooting people in the streets who are getting less than 20 years, and yet this man, through almost no fault of his own, is is now getting 110 years should he have to pay a price if those if if he had a chance to stop it and didn't absolutely but 110 years that's life without parole for a guy who absolutely did nothing intentional and had no malicious intent whatsoever and it, it's it's insane that he's he's facing that kind of prison sentence so please people keep writing in keep you know contacting whatever congressman is in that area find out where this petition is sign it get as many people behind this as possible and maybe we can get the you know the get him some clemency uh again like i said do i think he should walk away scot-free no personally i don't because there was loss of life here and i do feel that the people who if he bore any responsibility, again, we don't have all the facts from the trial, but if he bore responsibility for having an opportunity to end that in a safer way, then yes, he should face some penalty. That's at, that's the only fair thing for the people who were, you know, for justice, for the people whose lives were lost, the family members who are still there, and the people who were injured. I mean, over 27 people seriously injured who are probably still dealing with the effects of that today, you know, two years after the, the accident. So I do not believe he should walk away scot-free, but 110 years is absolutely insane. It's it's a medieval punishment. No, it's absolutely, it's, it's ludicrous. And uh, he even says... Uh, his quote was, I take responsibility, but it was not intentional. Intentional. I am not a criminal. The guy's a hardworking truck driver. All he's trying to do is put food on the table for his family. You know, he's just trying to make a living. That's all he was doing. And, I mean, here's the thing that according to, to what I read, it seems that uh, his brakes, uh, he lost control of his brakes. So that to me, again, as we talked about last week, my dad went through that. I was in an accident with my dad because the brakes locked on him. Same thing happened. So it sounds to me that it's the same situation. And that's why I'm saying that it's I don't think this guy has any fault whatsoever. It's an accident that happens, especially um, with trucks. Unfortunately. As I said, we don't know all the details that led up to it. As I said, if it's just my opinion. I know we, we definitely have a different opinion on this, but if he passed the truck ramp and had had plenty of time to get off on that trunk ramp like he has been trained and taught to do, and he didn't, then he does bear some responsibility. But not 110. You know, but not 110 years. I mean, yeah. that's absolutely atrocious. No, that's insane. So I'm glad that at least people see that and they're trying to help him out. 4.3 million signatures, that's huge. That means that... Like a lot of people are saying, this is insane. I bet you anything, the judge even probably signed the petition saying, I'm only following the laws of the land. Well, you know, that's all I can do. And that's when we reported this. I told you, the judge even said, he said, you know, I, this is the law. I have no choice but to sentence you to this sentence. There was no wiggle room for the judge based under the law that this was this was done in so this needs to go to the governor to the people who can change the laws to the people who can offer clemency because even the judge said there was absolutely no malice it's not like he was driving drunk it's not like he was you know a speeded up trucker trying to stay awake it's not you know it's none of those things there was no malice there was no crime and yet he's facing 110 years something's got to be done about this and something's got to be changed most definitely. Hopefully, maybe even, you know, President Joe Biden might actually get involved in this. I mean, I mean, he could actually 
he he carries a lot of weight. He could talk to the governor and say, hey, let this guy go. Come on. It's 110 years. That's that's nuts. That's, you know, that's 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 absolutely ludicrous. That's out of the out of this world. But hopefully the guy gets off. Hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, like like you said, if in fact he had an opportunity to stop this, preventing this from happening, then yes, he does bear some fault, but not 110 years. And if he if it wasn't his fault, which I believe I don't believe it was his fault whatsoever, because these things do happen in 18 wheel trucks. I mean, it's really it does happen. Um, not often, thank God, because that's you know you're driving like truck drivers are driving death machines. Those things are, you know, you get in front of those, you're dead. There's there's no coming out of that. So I mean, hopefully he gets off, and uh, hopefully we'll 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 see what happens with all of that. And in another update news, uh, you know, you got something going on regarding to uh, Britney Spears. What's happening there? Uh, there's been more information released as Britney Spears is going after her old management company as well as her father for back, you know, back money that they basically profited off of her during her what I still call her imprisonment, uh, false imprisonment by them. But the new news is that Jamie Spears, her father, actually borrowed a sizable amount of money from this management company, um, which I, if I could turn on my iPad at the moment, I would tell you the name, but it's uh, dead. Darn money. technology. <laughs> but they basically loaned her father when he was down and out and desperate a significant sum of money. And while he was still indebted to them, after he had put his daughter under the conservatorship, he handed over management of her entire career to them. Booked a 97-show tour for her over a year period or whatever it was and allowed this company to profit off of her being forced to work by them so they basically were a no-name company who profited off of her name profited off of her business all while he was still indebted to them now i'm sorry that's just dirty dealing under the table we already know the guy's a scumbag jamie lynn spears is an absolute scumbag I mean, to have done this to his own daughter, to have used her money for his legal defense for everything he's done. I mean, he has no care for his kid. He is a piece of shit, plain and simple. But for him to have handed over to a management company control of her whole career. Are you kidding me? So they basically had no incentive to ever get her out of this situation. The company's profiting off of them, off of her. Her father's profiting off of her. And they did everything they could, including spending her money to keep her under this imprisonment contract. So she's now going after them. They, you know, hopefully she gets some, you know, restitution because the head of this company, as well as the company itself is being brought into financial court. They're having to show their records, how much they profited off of her, what they took, what they stole, what they did. And, you know, we're going to find out a heck of a lot more, but the fact that that scumbag was indebted to this company. I mean, it's like a mafia type thing. Oh, you owe me this. So, you know, I'm going to take your child's career money. I mean, it's that's old school mafia loan shark type stuff. So, so I, I'm sorry, and, I'm, and I hate to cut you off here. I I, I just want to go ahead and just get something like this, there's something when you were telling when you were saying this, something was going through my mind. The fact of the matter that why wasn't this brought up during the time she was trying to end that conservatorship? I mean, why it, is it just coming out now? It was brought up multiple times, but this part of it, I guess, was never uh, either released to the media or wasn't addressed in court. I guess in court, the this didn't have bearing on whether she was mentally capable to take care of herself. Gotcha. Getting out from under the conservatorship was only about, is she capable of doing this? And are the people who are her conservators behaving appropriately? So this this definitely could have spoken to that second part, and I'm not sure if it was. We don't have full court transcripts, but this is only coming out now that her scumbag father was, in, you know, basically in debt to a company for borrowing money, and he handed over his daughter's. He's pimping her out. Know, he's basically pimping his daughter out. You know. That's unbelievable. So, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's completely believable for this scumbag. So yeah, yeah, that's true. That, well, I, I'm saying it's unbelievable that a parent would actually do that to their own child, but. I guess, you know, I mean, money, money does crazy things to people. I'm, I, I've heard that from many people. I just, I just, every time I hear it, I can't believe it. Every time I hear something like this, I can't believe it. I'm like, that's your own child. That they can't, that came out of you. That's a part of you. 
-hmm. and you're treating this that's like treating yourself like that i mean it doesn't make any sense to me but then again i'm normal sort of <laughs> let's not go that far <laughs> easy there sparky easy in other entertainment news nicole kidman almost leaves the role of lucille ball uh the, the role she actually played on amazon's uh uh the arnazes and um she basically was saying that um in an interview, she was almost she was she wanted to leave because of all the criticism she was getting from so many people, uh, especially like saying that they that she wasn't she wasn't she wasn't the right person for the role. She didn't sound like Lucille Ball uh, in the movie. She was getting a lot of criticism for all those things. And the person that basically kept, told her to stay was the director and the writer, Aaron Sorkin, the one that casted her to begin with. Now, Aaron Sorkin is a genius. I think the guy is an incredible writer. I've watched so many of his movies. I think he's just, he's a brilliant mind. The way he writes things, the way he directs them, I think is absolutely in incredible. Yes, when I heard that Nicole Kidman was being cast for the role of Lucille Ball, I had reservations of it. I, honestly, I still haven't seen the movie yet. But, I mean, no doubt that it's, it, you know, if it's Aaron that did it, if it's Aaron that casted her, there's a reason why. The guy knows what he's doing. He's he's a genius for a reason. And she goes up in an interview. She says, quote, I tried not to listen to the criticism, but I'm a human being. So there's times when you go, gosh, maybe I'm not the right person for this. That's where having somebody like Aaron, who really said at the beginning, he was like, I'm not wanting a perfect rendition or imitation of Lucy. No, 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 no. So in essence, that's how true artistic uh you know form is when you don't want something to be exactly what that what it is you don't want somebody you want somebody to play the role not be the person i don't know if that makes any sense it makes sense it's more of an artistic thing and i can understand you know someone like aaron sorkin wanting to go that way but again you're making these things for the fans you're making these things for the people who are going to watch and tune in and if they're expecting to see Lucy and you give them not Lucy, how do you think they're going to respond? I mean, that's that's my honest opinion is how do you think the fans are going to respond? These are the people who are going to make this a success or not. And if you didn't give them what they were looking for, it ain't going to be a success and you're going to get criticism. Now, I mean, I'm not one to give a fellow, you know, fellow actor, actress a hard time over over being sensitive to criticism it can be tough it can be really tough but when you take on a role like this when you take on an icon if you don't do it justice you're going to get fried it's True. just that simple that's if you take on any iconic role any iconic person that america and the world loves if you don't do it justice you're gonna hear about it and she knew this beforehand so True. You know, I, I think it is what it is. The director, I mean, I good on Aaron Sorkin for sticking by her, for, you know, convincing her to stay, to, for convincing her to continue with his vision of this. But there's a disconnect between some producers and directors and writers and the fans as to what they want to see. You know, it is an art, and, and that is part of the director's job is to translate that properly. And they have a vision of how they want to do that. But, and I'm not saying this is Aaron Sorkin, but sometimes the producer, director, writer's egos get in the way. They have a vision. It's going to be their vision of this. Well, okay. But when it bombs because you didn't give the fans what they want, you got nobody to complain to but yourself. True, true. And, and it, you know, in this industry, it's all about what have you done for me lately, unfortunately. So you're yeah. only as good as your last movie. So in this industry, that's just the way it is in the, in the Hollywood industry. And according to the article, it continues on to say, quote, instead, Aaron was looking for someone who could connect with Lucille's story. And Nicole said, there's, quote, a lot of it I can relate to as one actress to another. So that's another thing that Aaron was looking for as well. I mean, you know, Which you're talking. I can totally understand. I can totally understand where Aaron would be coming from because, and again, what we saw of Lucille Ball was not Lucille Ball. That was not Correct. her. That was her character. Correct. So if he's wanting somebody that can connect more with that 
side of the story, more her personal side and the things she went through, then, you know, I absolutely understand the choice of doing so. But again, that's not what the fans were expecting. So you have to expect this kind of pushback and blowback. Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll take this to say Jim Carrey doing um, Man in the Moon. Um, you know, he connected with Andy's personal side, but he also gave us a eerily, eerily accurate rendition of Andy's more flamboyant personality as well. So uh, it's it's a hard choice. I understand what Aaron may have been going for, but you had to know that the fans were not going to be too happy with that. At first, I mean that's that's if if he couldn't see that, he had blinders on. Well, here's here's actually a quote that she said that maybe you could actually relate to a little bit as an actor. Uh, she says, "quote There's a scene in it where they say you're 39 and that's it. It's kind of over for you." I know that feeling. I sort of had that. And it was like, okay, where television suddenly opened a door for her, it opened a door for me around the same age. I was like, gosh, that's kind of, I know that feeling really deeply. What do you think of that? Uh, you unfortunately see it all the time. It, um, it does not affect men in the business as drastically or as often, if ever. Um, being younger, I was definitely typecast, stereotyped things got hard but you know the opportunities have still always been there and again we see it constantly you've got a 70 year old guy on the screen playing opposite a 20 year old girl and they they never say anything about the 70 year old you know guy but you have all these brilliant actresses who at the age of 40 you're basically told well you can either be the grandmother or you can be the next door neighbor but you're not going to be the lead and that's tough, and, and that's and what that's what she was talking about. How what Lucille Ball went through. That's the reason why. That's that's the personal part where Aaron was like, "I want you to connect with Lucille Ball, not Lucy." You know, mm -hmm. from "I Love Lucy." I want you to connect to Lucille Ball because this is what she went through. This is what actresses went through back then, and still go through. Actors and actresses both go through today in today's world. No, we do. Um, it's much, 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 much more prevalent on the female side. That's just the facts. It mm -hmm. is. Um, it, it's really difficult for a woman over the age of 40, over the age of 50, to be given lead roles nowadays, unless you're, say, Meryl Streep, who's you know been nominated up and down and is considered one of the finest living actresses around. You know, Unless you're that person, jobs get scarce. People don't want to hire you. And it doesn't seem to be the same way with most of the male actors. You know, if you've established, established yourself as a male actor, what, jobs are still there and new ones opening up for you well into your 40s, your 50s, and as we've even seen, 60s and 70s now. That is not the case with actresses in this business. Um, there's a much more limited sh shelf life because of that persona and that perception. Um, and unfortunately, it's something that most actresses deal with all the time in this business. I mean, how you got Jared Leto that he's like over 50. He's like 51 or something like that. And the guy's getting roles of the Joker and a bunch of other lead roles right now. So but then again, he doesn't look 50 either. He looks like well, he's no. like in his 20s. The he guy looks young. really young. Yeah, you're right. He looks really young. Um, but there are still I mean, you still have. I mean, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise does not look young anymore. Tom Cruise hasn't looked Absolutely young not. in a long time. Yep. But he, you know, still, because he's achieved what he's achieved, he still gets movies thrown at him constantly. Unfortunately, women of the same age in the business are not be having those opportunities presented to them all the time. In fact, they get scarcer and scarcer and scarcer. And it rarely depends on their body of work. They usually are extremely accomplished and yet still just disappear and kind of fade off of the background. And uh, it's not right. Well, I mean, so far, I mean, there's there have the I haven't heard much about uh, the the movie the Arnezes or the Arnaz. I can't I can't pronounce the name. It's a, it's a tough name to pronounce. Uh, but uh, so far, I haven't heard much from it uh, other than the commercials. I mean, I've seen the the posters for it. Yeah, she does. You know, she has a lot of similarities to Lucille Ball. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess uh, only time will tell what the rest of uh, the critics say about the movie in the upcoming months. In other news, Jeremy, you got something going on with uh, anti-maskers. What are those darn anti-maskers up to now? 
Well, we have a lot of out-of-town anti-maskers who are trying to ruin a business in Chicago because they require a mask to come inside and eat. It's a it's a bar and restaurant. I believe it might also be a B&B type place. I didn't they didn't give us all the details, but apparently people anti-maskers from Texas, from um, California and from I think Missouri are leaving tons of one-star reviews on this place, just ripping it apart. Horrible customer service. They hassle everybody. Worse food, worse this, worse that. And it's an organized group doing this, trying to ruin this small business because they don't like the fact that they've been asked to put on a mask to come in. Now, here's my <laughs> thing. kidding me. No, this is what they're doing. They are trying, I mean, this is a small business. They're trying to ruin this person's livelihood because they were asked to put a mask on because they follow the state's guidelines. Are you joking me? You're ruining someone's livelihood for no reason, for your own entitled self, you know, bullshit. It absolutely infuriates me, it really does. Um, you know, you don't wanna wear a mask, find a place. I guarantee there's some entitled dick like you who owns a business who's gonna let you come in without a mask. I guarantee it. You'll find somebody who thinks they're, you know, just like you, thinks your rights are more important than keeping people safe and go please be my guest go to their business give them your business but why are you ruining the business of an establishment that has you know done absolutely nothing wrong is looking out for its patrons and its workers and it's following state guidelines it's 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 absolutely ridiculous what me. what confuses me a little bit in this situation is the fact of the matter that texas Yes, I can see that. The people from Texas being that way. And what was the other state you said uh, besides Missouri. California? Missouri, I can see that too. But California? I mean, don't, for, don't forget. Don't forget. California was the last bastion of the KKK and right wing conservatism in the entire United States. Anaheim had the last chapter, active chapter, and marches for the KKK in the entire United States up until recently when we have the new neo idiots. Um, that's California, although does tend to be very liberal, has its pockets of extreme conservatism, extreme conservatism. And again, the further you get out into the country and out away from the main cities, you tend to see more of this. So yeah, it's, it's an actual organized group of people in three states trying to ruin a small business for looking out for their workers and their patrons. Unbelievable. Really quick, uh, before we move on to the next topic here, uh, I wanted to go ahead and because I see that we have a lot of people that have joined uh, the, the stream here. And I want to just remind all of you that are watching the stream right now to please. Uh, there's a link uh, at the bottom of the description of this episode uh, to our YouTube channel. Please go ahead and subscribe and hit that notification bell uh, because we hardly we 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 do little specials here and there on Facebook, but it's not often that we're going to be on Facebook. I mean, we're definitely not going to be on Facebook a lot. So all of you that are watching, please, please subscribe to uh, the link that's in the description of this video. And uh, like I said, hit that notification bell so you could go ahead and see when we're on live and you could join in the conversation. Like many people are actually joining right now, Jeremy. <laughs> They've actually been joining right now. I love it. I, I love it when everybody starts interacting. And yeah, like I said, I wish we could, you know, do more on Facebook, but it is going to be wrapping up. We're not going to be on here very often. So if you want to be able to follow along, if you want to see what we're talking about, and if you want to support us, definitely, uh, you know, definitely uh, click that subscribe, click on the link, head over to YouTube and uh, give us a little support. Yay. And that you heard it from the man himself. You heard it from the man himself. So uh, in other news, uh, this is actually kind of uh, borderline sports news here because it's talking about Dennis Rodman. And uh, the worm seems to have gotten a little problems with JetBlue uh, this morning, actually. He uh, he boarded a flight to uh, Fort Lauderdale and he was asked, he was in first class and he was asked repeatedly to put his mask on. He kept on putting his mask below his chin claiming that he couldn't breathe now correct me if i'm wrong jeremy but you could breathe with your nose can't you i mean uh, that's just i don't know i don't know before but before you answer that question um because <laughs> i can see your face already like oh Oh, Dennis. Um, uh, apparently, uh, when he landed, he was met with authorities at uh, Fort Lauderdale. But, you know, he was landing in Fort Lauderdale. So they only detained him for a little bit and they let him go right off 
uh, into the sunset, skipping away with no fine, no nothing. So surprise, surprise on that. First of all, what am I supposed to be shocked that Dennis Rodman has a has a problem with authority? You know, oh Not my God. Dennis Rodman. We just broke the world. You know, the, the world can't handle that news. I mean, you gotta be joking with me. It's first of all, it's just idiocy, but he's known for idiocy. So I mean he's known for just being a, a doing whatever the hell he wants and not caring about anybody else. I mean, he's known for that. Um is the same guy who was you know goes to north korea and his buddy buddy with kim, kim jong-il a mass murdering cycle so you know that's he thought that was a good idea i don't really take you know my cues from dennis rodman um but it doesn't shock me i mean people are doing this all the time i mean people are literally doing this all the time i've flown multiple times now the pandemic has been going on and you see people constantly trying to skirt the rules you see people constantly i mean i have we had one lady who absolutely threw a fit because they told her her mask wasn't acceptable her mask was a self-made thing of nothing but beads it had holes where it had you know they're like sorry that doesn't comply you have to wear an actually effective mask and you know they lost it so people are doing this all the time the fact is you don't want to deal with it don't get on the plane it is the rule now you have a choice go hop on a train you're still going to have to wear it go drive go rent a car then you can do it yourself but right now these are the rules this is how it's going to be and the federal aviation you know and federal government is enforcing this so again it is not the attendant flight attendants fault i mean we just had another flight attendant attacked by a, a passenger who refused to wear his mask it was actually the attendant was beaten by this man you know are you kidding me it is not their fault they are enforcing rules that they have to people get your heads out of your asses start thinking about other people think about the people around you and start acting like adults quit acting like four-year-olds i think that's too much to ask <laughs> i think unfortunately that's far too much to ask I'm asking anyway. All yeah, right, in hopes that maybe, maybe, just maybe, there might be hope for humanity yet. Uh, well, Eric did have a good point. With his piercings, he said maybe not. I was <laughs> going to just comment on that, actually. You beat me to the punch on that one, and he might be right on that. He's like, ow, ow, ow. Well, it, it might hurt his face, but you know what? Uh, the piercing, especially nose, lip, all those things, they come out. You could very easily take it out, put the mask on. When you're done, you can put all your piercings back in. It's not an excuse for not following federal. I mean, if they tell you you got to wear your seatbelt on the plane, you got to wear your seatbelt on the plane. If they tell you you got to, you know, not get up and go to the bathroom when you're in the middle of turbulence, you have to do that or you will face some sort of consequences. It's not nothing has changed. There have always been rules on the plane. There have always been things you can and cannot do. It's just now you have a bunch of entitled people who've been told by a bunch idiot politicians that this is the right thing to do or this is the wrong thing to do and they're going to act like four-year-olds over it. it it is absolutely astonishing and if i was not the if i was not the peaceful person i was and i am now or if i will if i was more of the person i was and not the peaceful person i am now i, I seriously i'd start beating ass on every flight i was on you know with people misbehaving and going off on flight attendants I mean, I'm sorry. If I saw somebody getting up and laying hands on a flight attendant, you know me. I'd beat the air marshal to him. So this is true. This is true. This is true. I mean, and, you know, like I said, it's one of those situations where I'm sure this won't be the last time that we hear about some high profile person, anti-mask masker that doesn't want to wear a mask or doesn't want to adhere to the rules or anything like that. But it's one of those things where it's like, OK, yeah, Dennis, we get it. You're a bad boy. You're a rebel. You're going to be like, you're almost going to be 60 or something like that. And you're still going to be on a freaking, you know, probably in a cane or something. And still, I don't want to have a cane. I'd rather fall. You know, I mean, type of situation. So, I don't know. It's 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 a hard, but you still got to go ahead and wear a mask. Come on. Come on. Let's be realistic here. But anyways, uh, in and other, go ahead. And we knew you were being sarcastic, Daryl, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think how it would be possible that, it, you know, all those, like, uh, ow, all those ow, things ow, he keeps ow, in his face. Ow. Ow. I can just picture it sticking on the mask. He tries to pull it down. That'd be rather painful. But again, oh, this yeah. is this is nothing that shocks me. I mean, Dennis Rodman has always been Mr. Anti-Authoritarian, which again is really kind of weird considering he thinks Kim Jong-il is, is a good person. Um he likes ultimate, a bad boy. Bad boys like, like the bad ultimate boys. Authoritarian, but um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not shocked by this coming from him. When you have everyday average people doing this and then you got a guy whose reputation is for behaving like this, it's not shocking. Not at all. So it is what it is. In other sports news, the knockout heard around the world happened this weekend as Jake Paul knocks out Tyrone Woodley in the sixth round. Now, we've seen some of the video. I've showed, I, I sent you a video of what it looked like because you didn't watch the fight. I mean, I don't know. That was kind of weird that he kind of put his hand down for like a split second and Jake capitalized that coincidence fix. I mean, I don't know. It seems a little shady to me. And and I actually saw the comment section and a lot of people are saying the same thing that it cut it might have been fixed. It's it it smells a little fishy, that's for sure. Um from what I've been told, you know, Tyrone was pretty much dominating him. Yep. You know, Jake, Jake was gassed and, uh, you know, it's, it fighters have been known to drop their hands occasionally. It's a big mistake. Some fighters have gotten caught doing it, but for it to be as one-sided as it was. And then all of a sudden just this miracle punch and he's dropped his hands for him. It, it does smell a little fishy. Um, thankfully these things don't happen as much in fighting anymore, at least in professional fights. These are not professional fights. These are amateur bouts being put on by promoters who, <laughs> if that. you know, can, who can dictate their own terms. As we've already heard, there was very much a possibility that in the last fight, Tyrone Woodley was under contract not to be able to knock him out. Yep. That that was one of the stipulations in the contract. The clauses. Yep. I would believe that wholeheartedly. And if it's, if so, I would, I would very much believe that this was also tossed. Um, Tyrone Woodley has not had the best relationship in the last couple of years with the, uh, you know, with the UFC and Dana White. Um, they were also, well, they, it's funny you say that because they were actually also making mention that Tyrone Woodley was already on a losing streak in the UFC. I mean, he was already on his way out. He had like what a four or five losing streak, like right mm -hmm. there. That's why he left the UFC. So he was already not doing too well as a fighter as it was. Well, that's what I'm saying. And at making himself look bad to help stick it to Dana a little bit by having one of his former fighters lose to these two one of these idiot Paul brothers. Um, it wouldn't be outside of the realm of, of believability. Um, but again, we have no proof of this. It, it definitely smells a little fishy. Lucky punches do happen in boxing. They definitely do. I've seen guys who were, who, I mean, I actually have seen footage of a guy who was out on his feet. He had gotten knocked out, but was still up on his feet and managed to flail a right hand that knocked his opponent out. And he won. And he collapsed right afterwards because he was unconscious. He was he was he didn't even know what he was doing. But he won the fight because he got in one lucky punch. So it is possible, but there, it, it smells a little fishy to me. I mean, I've been around boxing long enough. I've followed it long enough. Participated for a while. It's it it, it smells a little fishy. It it really does. Well, it seems that Tyrone and uh, and uh, Jake Paul are now like BFFs because uh, Jake went ahead and bought him a Rolex. Uh, and gave him a Rolex, actually. And during the interview, uh, one of the one of the reporters actually said, you know, talk to him about that. And and I guess uh, Jake was in a giving mood. He's like, you want a Rolex, too? Get his information. Get him a Rolex, too. So Jake is just giving Rolexes away like he's Oprah. He's like, and you get a Rolex. And you get a Rolex. Everybody gets a Rolex type of thing. So and, and then on uh, on social media. Apparently, uh, a former football player, or I don't know if it was former or current, I don't know if it's uh, LeGarrette Blount or somebody uh, from the Ravens, uh, made a comment about Tyrone Woodley. Jake came to his defense and told him to shut the F up, that Tyrone will knock him out anytime he wants. He's like, go ahead and bring yourself into the squared circle, and we'll make that match, you and Tyrone together. So I guess Jake is also booking fights now, too, with people that aren't even boxers. So that's another thing that's going on with that. Um, and then, <laughs> the story continues with this guy. He goes ahead and calls out Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, and Conor McGregor, and tells them, get out of your contracts with Daddy Dana and come meet me here. To which... Jorge Masvidal went on social media, basically told him to shut the F up, tell him that he can't afford him. He's, a, he's like, he's like, Jake, you talk about, you know, all this money, 50 million here, 50 million there. I know the truth. You don't pay your boxers anything. So don't even, you can't afford me, first of all. He's like, second of all, 
If you want to keep on talking, get in the octagon. Go ahead and do a one-off. Get in the octagon and face me where I could body slam you and knock your chin right and break your jaw. Not a problem for me. Just get in there. Stop. But until you do that, shut the F up is pretty much what Masvidal said to Jake. The, the freaking social media went bananas when he posted that video. We're like, Savage, we love you. You will never see one of one of the Paul brothers fight a real fighter who's not way past their prime. They'll never step into anything where they could actually, they're a joke. They're not real fighters. Everything you're seeing is basically staged. And if they ever came across somebody who could really fight, I mean, they better watch their mouths because honestly, you come across one of these guys on the street and they'll lay your ass out. Plain and simple. Because that's not a boxing fight. That's a street fight. And these guys know how to fight in the street. You know, don't they really ought to watch their mouths. I know it's for promotion. I know it's for all those things. But, you know, you mess with the wrong guy and they will step up and they'll beat you and your bodyguards and anybody else you have around them to the floor. Plain and simple. I don't care how big your bodyguards are. They'll be on the floor along with you and your brother. Go ahead and try it. Try and step to one of these UFC fighters. I dare you. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. They're going to talk smack. They're going to talk crap. They will never step to a real fighter. Not to mention the fact of the matter that uh, that uh, Masvidal's background comes from street fighting. That's how he began his career. Backyard street fighting. So you really want to talk? You really, really want to talk and you really want to, you know, you really want to question Masvidal's manhood, so to speak? You really want to go there? Come on. Don't 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 do that. Stay in your Honest, lane. Have honestly, fun. I'd know. love to see it at this point. So please, Paul Brothers, <laughs> keep it up. Keep talking trash to these guys who can literally kill you with one hand behind their back. Very keep true. talking smack, and it's going to happen. One of them's going to find you on the street, in a club, someplace you're at, and you're going to the hospital. That's a guaranteed fact. You, That's they, very true. Two, not one of these two guys could handle a real fighter. They fight washed up people. They're fighting with clauses in the contract that they can't do this. They can't do that. These are not real fighters. This is all for show. There's no hugging in a street fight. There's no hugging. You get hugged, you're going to get put down real quick by a, by a trained street fighter. So <laughs> these guys, like you said, Jeremy, they better watch their mouths, what they're saying, because they don't want that smoke. They really don't want that smoke. No. But anyways, in other, in other sports news, our final story here has to do with Tom Brady losing it at the game for Sunday Night Football against New Orleans. And the story here is that Tom Brady, since he's been with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has not been able to defeat the, uh, the, the, uh, the New Orleans Saints. And last night... In the regular season. In the regular season. I'm in sorry. the playoffs last yeah. year. Yeah, in the regular season, he has not been able to defeat them. And because of that, last night, he lost it. He really lost it. He went up to the inter- to the substitute coach right now because uh, the current New Orleans coach right now is on COVID-19. Uh, on a COVID, uh, 19, um, uh, He's off because of COVID-19. Protocols. Protocol, thank you. Uh, for the protocols. And he, after an interception, Tom Brady actually walked up to the coach and told him to F off, or at least that's what most people are assuming is what he said uh, because yeah. of the way his mouth was moving. And then he was interviewed afterward, and he said, it's just football talk pretty much is what he said. And then they caught a video of him on the sidelines grabbing one of the tablets, one of the one of the tablets for the, for the uh, plays and everything, and smashing it. You could see the frustration of how he grabbed it and just, like, tossed it and smashed that thing and obliterated it. I mean... It's it's a little satisfying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> See him be that frustrated. It's a little satisfying, in my opinion. I've never been the biggest Tom Brady fan. Uh, his ego is gigantic. And as we've seen, he can't take a loss like a man. He can't. He can't just say, good job. He can't. He throws a fit. He makes excuses. He goes over. I mean, you're getting shut out nine to nothing. You're getting embarrassed, humiliated by the New Orleans Saints. And what do you choose to do after throwing a pick? You run to their sideline and start trying to taunt the defense, taunt the players and talk crap to them. Really? I'm sorry, the man has no class, none whatsoever. It's absolutely ridiculous. You're a champion, act like one, act like you've been there before. Act your age, not your shoe size. You know, he, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he's, he's notorious for throwing fits like this when, when he's doesn't get his way basically. And I'm sorry, that's not a champion to me. 
you can have as many titles as you want. If you can't do it with a little class and a little style and actually be a decent human being, shake your opponent's hand afterwards and say, dang, you guys handed it to us. Well, then you're basically just a little bitch. <laughs> no, really. Tell me how you really feel, Jeremy. Don't don't hold back on that. I'm sorry. That's one of the <laughs> things. I may not be the biggest hockey fan, but I'll tell you, I love the fact that after a game, hockey players, I don't care if there's been fights, if you broke somebody's nose, if you, you know, got into a huge brawl like they used to, at the end of the day, they all shake hands. At the True. end of the game, they still shake hands every single time. That's sportsmanship and that's class. Brady has never had the ability to do that. He has always put down the people who are his rivals, who have been, you know, he waits until they retire before he ever even says a good word about them. Um, you know, it's he, he shows no class in dealing with anybody who's handed him a loss because his ego can't take it. That's what it seems like. This is true. And on a side note, uh, you know, yesterday, I mean, my, my Packers did. They barely got a win against the Ravens yesterday. By barely. You, you know why? You know why? Because the Ravens got greedy. They could have easily kicked the field goal and went into overtime. They decided mm -hmm. to go for two points. Come yeah. on. You're not going to do that. You're not going to try to go ahead and, and score two points on the Packers at that point. But what I'm actually happy about is Aaron Rodgers has tied the, the the record for most touchdowns by the Packers for Brett Favre, with Brett Favre. So both him and Brett Favre, 442 uh, uh, throwing touchdowns. Beautiful. It was beautiful. He actually tied uh, Brett Favre, and I can guarantee you next game, he'll surprise that. He'll be the new record holder on that one. So, you know, well, good, good I luck have, to the I Packers. Have less of an issue with Rodgers than I do with Brett Favre. So good on you, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> that's the news in case you haven't heard it thank you so much for uh watching us uh uh again uh you know it's been a displeasure to be here with this guy right here oh come on you love talking to me and it's so good to see your smiling face i hate you i really hate you <laughs> <laughs> guys it's uh you know christmas week everybody have wonderful holidays have a wonderful christmas um you know give your loved ones a hug please be safe Please be safe in your celebrations, and uh, we'll see you next week. On a quick uh, side note, I all joking aside, uh, Jeremy Miller, you have been uh, you've been a great host with me, man. Thank you so much for uh, being on this journey with me, man. Honestly, I couldn't uh, have had a better partner in crime for this podcast. You're an amazing human being, dude. I mean, I love you. You're my brother, and uh, <laughs> you know, You're I mean. You're in the top 20 for me of, of hosts I could ask for. So you're in the top 20. Well, I do have a keychain that you gave me that says I'm your favorite, you know, asshole. So, And that couldn't be more true. But I mean, there, there cannot be a Navarro Miller report without the Miller. So thank you very much, man. Always, I, brother. I wish you and your family and everybody that's watching happy holidays. Uh, may you spend it well. May you spend it safely. Remember, there's still a pandemic. The Omicron uh, variant is very, very contagious. So please, please don't just think about yourselves. Think about your loved ones, especially during this holiday season. It took us a long time to be able to be with each other on Christmas. And we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back to where we don't want to see or where we can't see our loved ones because we're being too bullheaded. We're being too, we're thinking of ourselves and not of others. So please, please think of others, especially during this holiday season. And we won't be back until Monday. So everybody, make sure you enjoy yourselves. I won't be here with this guy. God, I'm going to be Get great. a little break from him. A little you. vacation. <laughs> vacation <laughs> but other than that everybody hope you have a wonderful holiday season and we will definitely see you on monday 6 p.m pacific standard time make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel again hit that notification uh, uh bell so you could be uh notified when we go on live so you could join us in the conversation and we will see you next time You have been listening to The Navarro Miller Report.